0: I'm going to pray for Felix, and I'll let you get started, brother. All right. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for uh, Brother Felix, what uh, an encouragement he's been to me. Thank you. Specifically how he's encouraged me, when oftentimes I'm uh, I'm just lethargic or down, Lord. He has got such great passion for you and joy for you. Thank you for ways he's encouraged me in that. God, and I pray this morning that his passion for your word would come through. I pray, Father, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to hear. To really receive minds to understand what you have to say through him, Lord. As your word says, may he speak, speaking the very words of God this morning. Uh, we ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, thank you, amen. Good morning, sunrise. Amen. You guys up? Let me say that again. Good morning, sunrise. Good morning. Praise the Lord, amen. Uh, so, like uh, Pastor Ryan said, he's, he's pronounced my name very well. Not a lot of people pronounce my name well at the first time. So congrats, he's been looking at Spanish pronunciations, I guess, working on that all week to pronounce Manzanares. A lot of times I get an opportunity to be uh, speaking at different events or different um, platforms that got open up for me. And I just say, just say Felix, because (laughs) it's kind of awkward sometimes to be, you know. So good job. But uh, my family is here, my wife and my my children. I have a a beautiful wife of almost five years, hopefully for the rest of my life. Amen. And um, we have two beautiful children, Nikolai and Suleya, four-year-old and a three-year-old son, four-year-old girl and a three-year-old um, son. And, you know, they're, they felt welcome here. My little boy is still warming up. He's trying to get him into the nursery because he has this, um, this ninja robot <laughs> toy that makes a little noise. So he promised me that it shouldn't go off. And uh, he's, he will hold his promise, hopefully. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Uh, I, like he said, I work at the Church of God Chapel on Walkers Road um, previously. Um, I know some of you guys probably in banking. I've done banking for close to four years as well. Um, I'm a graduate of John Gray High School, class of 2003. Um, so I'm fairly young, just like the majority of you guys here. Amen. So um, this, this sermon that I've entitled this morning. It's called, it's not what you say, it's what you do. Uh, and, and, and if you take away anything else from this sermon today, if you even forget the scripture and the examples that I put forth there, if you want to put that as your BBM message or your Facebook comment, um, it's not what you say, it's what you do, then I think you will walk out of here knowing the sermon and you'll be able to preach it to your boss or to you know, your wife or your children as you leave. So let's, get, back, let's get, get straight into the word. It's Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 to 11 is what I'll be taking my my sermon from it's Matthew 3 verse 1 to 11 and I'll be reading from the amplified version Um, I know some of you probably got new international version just follow with me I love the amplified to a certain extent because it, it gives it like in a paraphrase and you know give you different brackets that help you to expound on what the tone or what the intent of the writer was or the person who was speaking so when you find that Matthew 3 verse 1 to 11 say Amen, Hallelujah, Praise the Lord you got that? Amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. All right, praise God. So follow with me. He says, in those days there appeared John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness, uh, the desert of Judea, and saying, repent, or which means think differently, change your mind, regarding your sins and changing your conduct. For the kingdom of God is at hand. This is he who has mentioned, was mentioned by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, shouting in the desert, prepare the road for the Lord, make his highway straight, level or direct. The same John's garments were made of camel's ear, hair and he wore a leather girdle about his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. You might want to underline your bible and just put weird, you know. You know, we had to go out there with all these um, horse skin or whatever on today. We would probably get locked up in an asylum or something. You know, but God says he used the the foolishness of the world to to confront the wise. And so praise God for his ministry there. Then Jerusalem, it says, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the country round about Jordan went about to him. And they were baptized in the Jordan by him confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, Some powerful words. You brood of vipers who warn you to flee and escape from the wrath and indignation of God against disobedience. That is coming. Bring forth fruit that is consistent with repentance. So it says, let your lives prove your change of heart. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our forefather. For I tell you that God is able to raise up descendants of Abraham from these stones. And already the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. It says, indeed, I indeed baptize you with water, because of repentance, that is because of your changing your minds for the better heartily amending your ways. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy or fit to take off or carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. All right. so. So John is talking to a group of religious people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. If you read the gospel, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are some of the main characters in the gospel. There are certain people that when Jesus Christ is doing the work of God, they're always coming behind. Just nah, you're Beelzebub, or you're the prince of demons, or you're this, you cannot be the prophet, nothing good could come from Nazareth, you know, the, the, the man who comes from God is supposed to come from Bethlehem, and they're always critiquing and criticizing the work of God. But there were also the people that oversee the work of God or looked after the the things of God in Jerusalem. They were the people that everybody looked for for leadership. And you know these were people that were so righteous. Uh, In fact Jesus says this comment that if you're unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisee or the Sadducees or whatever you can't enter the kingdom of God. These are people who knew the laws who study it as the Bible says and, and Jesus Christ said they study it as if they would want to get life from it. So when John the Baptist who was getting very popular at the time I mean and it had to be popular or you know whatever you see somebody just like that and preaching nonstop, and bringing people to just let them know that hey fear the lord repent of your sins come and be baptized this was getting popular. this was the in thing you know some of you guys probably too young to notice and myself as well but i understand like in the 60s and 70s in california and stuff like that they had like revivals you know and and um, the word and different hippies and stuff were getting um saved and stuff like that so this is what was happening it was getting popular it's so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came to John the Baptist, um, not wanting to, quote-unquote, repent of their sin, but let's just do what's popular. Let's do what was popular. Other people come coming there because of their children, but they just wanted to come. And John, being a prophet of God, he knew their heart. And he said to them, you brood of vipers. Now imagine if you saw your elders and they said, good morning, Felix, you brood of vipers. <laughs> Would you get kicked out of the church right away or something? But he just let them know. He said, why are you coming here to get baptized? But your, your repentance should outwardly show a change. Your inward change in your heart should outwardly show what you believe. I grew up in a church, right, that uh, I was attending for many years. I grew up in Cayman. I'm from Cayman. I'm 24 years old. And, I, and, and like Cayman, if you guys are visitors and been here at any point in time, you'll see that everywhere there's a church. Amen? Everywhere, there's a church. And by nature and by virtue, we are so-called a Christian country, alright? So I grew up in church, it's the in thing, you know, my grandparents used to say, Al, that's my nickname, they say, Al, if you can go partying on Friday night, you can go to church. Wake up and go to church, religiously, you know? So at the age of 15, I decide that I was a point in time in my life to make my own decisions, and I'm going to graduate from church. And there were different components of reason why I graduated from church, okay? So, the church that I was attending was very confusing to me. Let me me tell you why they were confusing. Because I heard about God, or Jesus, but I didn't see God, or Jesus. I didn't see that God or Jesus that they were talking about. I mean, they, they lay it out there. This is what is true. This is what is right. But in their character or demonstration towards one another, to others, I did not see this wonderful man or this wonderful savior, this prince of peace that they were portraying. And it was confusing to me, you know. I was taught, that the, scripture, I was taught the scriptures, but I didn't see the scriptures coming to life within the church or within the people. The people that were closest to me who professed to be Christians wasn't all that great of example. There wasn't all that good of an example. I mean, there's one thing to go to church and, Pastor Felix, hi nice to see you. Nice to go. how are you doing, Brother John? Oh, blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. Everything is going good. You know, but then the people who go home with Brother John or who's around Brother John really knows Brother John. They get what I'm saying? So I had people in my life that were, praise the Lord, hallelujah, we're doing well. But then I saw them when all the cameras were gone and the lights were out and all the visitors left. And when I saw them, I did not see Christ. And whether whether we in front publicly or whether we in privately we should always be who we say we are and that was confusing to me. So, I did what normal people do, and that is this. If that is what being a Christian, this is what you're going to hear famously in our culture. If that is what being a Christian is all about, I don't want anything to do with it. I, I wash my hands of that. Because if, you know, those church people, I don't got nothing about God, and I don't got nothing about God, I don't got nothing against God, but those church people, you, you'll hear, you hear that if you around out a little while. And so I washed my hands clean, and I did whatever 15 or 16-year-old boy doing this. I'll go there on Christmas. I'll go there on Mother's Day because my grandmother wanted to win the prize of the most children in church. So... I'll go then. um, And that happens. Uh, I'll go then. I'll go on New Year's Eve. And, you know, after the, the pastor gives the altar call, I'll get saved and then go to Matrix or the club right after that. So that's what I was normally doing. So their lifestyles or what I saw them, how I saw them live their lives really kept me away instead of drawing me closer to God. So, so let's get back to the word a second. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 8, John was speaking to the church of religious people. And this is what he said. He's not saying to the persons that are not righteous or persons that are, are do not know God. He's speaking to the church. And he says to the church, bring forth proof that is consistent with repentance. And in brackets, the amplified version says, let your lives prove your change of heart. So why is this so important that our lives are supposed to show our change of heart? This is very important because the way we live either draws people to God or pushes people further away. It either draws people to God or it pushes people away. Now we know that you know branding and marketing for those that are you out there, the key thing is to let your market or your product be consistent and know who you're trying to reach. So, so Jesus Christ is the answer or the product that all people should want. But those of us who give out the business cards and market out the billboards for Jesus, we're not consistent with that Jesus. And so when people bite into this thing, they don't get the cream filling. You understand what I'm saying? They do not see that. And so we are saying God is the answer, but then in our lives, we're not showing the answer. So that is a big thing we need to wake up and say, church, let's get right with God. So let me just tell you a little bit about who I was before I got saved. When I just got saved, this was about four years ago, April April 23rd I got saved, um, 2006, it's going to be five years, I'm going to get my masters in Christianity, um, five years, I was 19 years old, uh, a new father, my little girl was probably about three weeks old at the time, a new father, I had a wonderful girlfriend that is now my wife, and we were very much in love with each other, I, I got saved first, and things was all new to me, now for those of you who have got saved recently, it's all new, You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, you see Pastor Ryan, you see the elders, and they're like, they're up there in the growth and understand these things. But you're new. Like, you just stepped out of darkness and you're in light and you're still fighting with some things that... Am I supposed to be doing that? I must be saying that? I don't know what's happening, but I'm new. I know I'm new, you know? So it was a real tough time. And and in that time of being new, the worst thing you can do is don't come to church or do not get connected with believers. Because you need that. You need that encouragement. You need that strength. You need that accountability. You need that person to really speak into your life. And and thank God I, I had that when I first got saved. But check it out now. I had this beautiful woman that loved me and loved, loved me with all her heart. She still do. I had this wonderful house that God had just blessed me with. But now I'm a Christian. So you got a house with a woman of your life. And you got nobody looking at you. And now you're a Christian. What a challenge. Maybe not for the women, but for the men. the a challenge. The Christian life was extremely different from what I used to live. Than my previous lifestyle. I love the world and all of its, you know, short-term gratifications. Because if, if sin was not, you know, um, satisfying, you guys wouldn't be doing it, right? If sin didn't offer some sort of immediate pleasure, turn on, I mean, just, why, would, why would guys who get drunk every weekend drink the next weekend? Because in it, they're like, oh, all my, all my thoughts are gone. And, you know, if I do this, then, uh, But when they wake up in the morning, like, oh. Oh man, what happened? You know, the hungover or something like that. You know, and so in my life, I, I chased after those things. But First John, I believe in chapter 2, it says that, that all the things of the world and everything inside of it is, is passing away. So I was investing my time and my life and my actions in things that were going to pass away. And, and for some reason, the enemy had me crap, you know, enslaving all this stuff. My girlfriend, my wife, you know, at the time, she was my girlfriend. She saw the change immediately. You know, and in fact, when I was going to church that morning when I got saved, she didn't really know what to think of it. Because I haven't been to church like in two years. I said, babes, I go in church and I get my little tie and my holy wear and I got there and stuff like that. But, you know, but it was all different. That, that wasn't something we did. We believed in God. The belief in God is there. I had the strong foundation. I went to a Christian school for 10 years of my life and I participated in different church functions. But my connection with God was not personal even though I believed in Him. If you get what I'm saying? And and, and so, when she heard I was going to church I'm like, woo! I know that was like, oh, never expect that this morning. You know? So she saw the change immediately. For the first two weeks I was conquering every temptation. I was like, super Christian man. And the temptation, I shall resist. Boom! I will not curse. Boom. I will not watch that movie. Okay, just a me book. No. So all this was happening. I was conquering everything for about two weeks. But then all of a sudden, that conquering just kind of wore it off a little bit. I can't go at that rate every day in my life. I don't know. I mean, you know, different challenges are about to pop up and I begin to get weak. But then my walk became inconsistent. And I was seeking, I was seeking God and pleasing God in the morning. Praying to him and giving thanks to him. And I was leading Bible studies. And my pastor would call me out of the blue and say, uh, we're going to ask the young man that just got saved to say a prayer. And I had no training in prayer. Nothing. So my prayers probably didn't line up with what he asked me to pray about. But, you know, I was doing my best. But in the nighttime, you know, it's like a second Felix came on and this flesh just started to take over. And I started wanting to gratify the desires of my flesh. And I gave in. And, and now that you are a Christian and you used to live in, 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 in darkness. But now you are in light. Now the light inside of you is bearing witness with you. That, that's no more, that's, that, doesn't, that does not please you anymore. You are a new creature. So I battled, tossed and threw from kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light. And all of a sudden that God gave me a vision. And he showed me a dream that, that helped me get over this. And he said to me pretty much, he, when I saw Jesus and, and he's like, I'm weeping for you, bro. I'm crying for you. Every minute, every night, you're, you're going after these things. And you're chasing after these things and all that different stuff. And, and, and the enemy is going before me. Because the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's saying, ha ha. You see that man just got saved. Ha ha. He can be a child of God. And he's doing this. Ha ha. This is pointing all of our faults. And Jesus Christ is you know, going pursuing me and saying, bro, you don't have to live like that. You can live consistently. You can live overcoming those things because I died for you and I give my spirit on you to overcome that. This was between April and May. At the end of May, God got me on the right path. For a whole month and a half, before we were planning to get married Now and all that different stuff, my wife wasn't saved yet. And because of my consistency... Because I, I, I did, I mean, it was hard, but I did everything I can. I prayed four to five minutes on the way. The traffic, that was before the bypass, the Linford Pearson bypass was there. You know, I put on sweatpants and did everything I could. You know, and I said, Lord, she's your daughter. I'm going to bless her. Amen. You know, different things like that, you know. Did all those different things. And two weeks before we got married in July, my wife came to the Lord. Now, had I continued back and forth in darkness, back and forth, back and forth, she probably wouldn't be here she probably wouldn't be in Christ. And I'm trying to tell you this because the big picture is that imagine if you and I came clean with God. And so God, it's not like God, this, all this stuff don't surprise Him, you know. The Bible says that He's in heaven, enthroned in heaven, looking down on the hearts and thoughts of man. He knows our very thoughts before we didn't come out. So this is not surprising to Him. We would think that we can guard it. But God is saying, come clean with me. Because my, my character is love, bro. Even if I have to correct you, it's out of love. And if I have to encourage you, I will. And I came clean with God and that was was really helped me. Acknowledging my inconsistency. Acknowledging the fact that, you know, God, you died for me and, and I don't understand what I'm supposed to do, but I know I'm not supposed to be doing that, but Lord, just help me in my weaknesses. And those bad seeds that I continued to explore myself or introduce to myself I was constantly there. And I asked God to just uproot all those bad seeds. Lord, I had 19 years of bad seeds in my life. I had 19 years of the world inside of me. God, just, just change me, renew me, and let me be a living sacrifice for you. Imagine if you were to do that. You know, you know what hurt me the most through my process? That the very person or the very people that I hated or pushed out of my life was the very person I was becoming. I was becoming that that Christian in the light and that Christian in darkness. And you know what hurt me? Is that there's so many people that are still doing that. And God is saying, if we come clean with Him, and we say, Lord, as John said to the, the religious church, says, bear fruit and keep in repentance. God, I want my character to be yours. Lord, I want my, I want my lifestyle. I want people to see this. It shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be questionable. They need to see my change, Lord. Help me with my struggle and take over. You take the pilot seat in my life. You direct me. You guide me and pour your life inside of me. Imagine if the church was to do that. Not just sunrise, but the body of Christ. How can I would be changed? You know, because we be praying. I mean, I I go to prayer meetings and they're praying. Wives are praying for their husbands and etc. But then, Lord save him. He no good. He wicked. He drink all the time. And the wives are constantly telling the husband this. How is that encouraging to the husband? They don't understand that they just pray for him and love him. And the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. If they just ask God for the love to just pour into this man, I'm telling you, that would change that man more than you're bickering for him. Can he know what he's doing is wrong? You don't think people in sin know what they're doing is wrong? Christ, what I like about Christ is that he hanged out with people that were doing things that are wrong. And he didn't tell them or he didn't point out to them what they were doing wrong. He just said, follow me. Mafia, the tax collector. I know you're robbing people. I know you're you're ceremonially unclean. I know that Jews don't like you and you're an outcast. Come follow me. The the, the woman at the well, Samaritan woman. I know know you've been married five times. I know that you just woke up and cooked breakfast for your boyfriend. You did something that was unclean before you come here. You know, just just follow me. Just follow me. And all these other people, the, the Christ said to us, just follow with your faults. Just follow me. And as you follow me... The Bible says that those who are taught by his master or teacher become like his teacher. As we wait upon the Lord and as we ask him to transform us. And as, as we, we change our minds, renew our minds by getting the word of God. And the spirit of God is fed inside of us. We will begin to more and conquer us. We begin to conquer things that we wouldn't even believe that we could have conquered. Because the power that works in us, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. Do things that are pleasing to God. So if there's any righteousness in me or in you, it's because of what Christ has done in our life. So he's saying, bear fruit, guys. Produce fruit that is in keeping with repentance. Now check this out. I'll give you this example. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. When you get a chance, just kind of check it out. And it says that the fruits of the Spirit is this, but the fruits of the flesh is this. How many of you guys, when you guys go to work, you guys gotta check in. Now, when I was a teller at Butterfield Bank, I had to check out, check in when I got to work because they they, they didn't write it down. No, the people were cheating, so they did one of the timer things, and I checked in. Boom, 8:15. When I go for lunch, 12:15 or 12 o'clock. Boom, and I gotta be there a minute or exactly the same. If I'm over there, man, all kind of different stuff. So I was a teller. Now, when I tell you, why am I telling you that? Because I believe that it's a daily walk with Christ. I believe it's daily coming to him, asking him for strength, asking him to renew and check in with the spirit. Before you do anything else, just try it tomorrow morning. Lord, I wake up this morning on my bed. This day for you, Lord. Help me today, Lord. Your spirit is inside of me. I I can do this, Lord. You know, it's not about even being pep top and all that, but it's about acknowledging and inviting God to do that. So read Galatians chapter 5. And I believe when I because the Bible says that the spirit and the flesh can work at the same time. You're either working for the spirit. Are you working for the flesh? You can't be, uh-uh-uh, can't do that. So when you check in with the spirit, the flesh have to cease and move and, and, and get fired. But if you don't check in with the spirit, the flesh will con- continue to be there. Why is, why is this important, guys? And After we get in this big picture, check this out. God is depending on you and me. In this world filled with, with all of chaos, um, God wants you and me, you and I, us. Sunrise and everybody of believers to be a reflection of His peace, to be a reflection of His love, and to be a reflection of His compassion. People are searching for authentic Christianity, they're looking out for it. They're looking out for it. You find that people don't have a problem with Jesus, they just have a problem with the church, like I said before. I mean, what did Jesus stand for? He stands for humility. He stands for the people who are in justice to helping the poor. He stands for loving others when in in, in normal terms, they don't deserve our love. He stands for, you know, being, you know, just being a friend. All these different things. He stands for being trustworthy. All those different characters of Christ. Don't you want that? I'm sure people want that. So let's reflect that. As they, as they have a look or they look at all the different stuff and they sometimes taste this church thing, they don't see the cream filling that the Bible is talking about. They don't see it. They're searching for truth and you and I can, can make a positive difference in someone's lives. How is, why is this so important? Even Paul, the Apostle Paul, acknowledges in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, verse 3. He says, let us not put any stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. So if we're working as a church, and we're, we're, we're working as a church, our or, or ministry, and we're pushing through, and reaching people, but in our own camp, in our own personal life, there are many stumbling blocks that Pastor Ryan don't know. The elders don't know. But the man that you're trying to reach, no. Do you think he's going to listen to you and hear you out, whatever sermon preparation, whatever fasting you've done? He would not. But if we move those stumbling blocks, and as Paul says, what we are is plain to man. What we are is plain to you guys. And we be the servants of Christ, and we be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's no person in the Cayman Islands, no person in this world that can stop the move of God's love. And people that are motivated by love. And people who see, you know, that little bit of hope in others, and overlook all their faults, and just say, because Christ came, I'm coming to you. And I'm sharing my life with you. And I'm encouraging you. So Paul says, let's step back. Let's examine ourselves. Let's push away all those boundaries. Something like I had to do. It was very tough for me, man. Very tough as a young man at 19 years old. Coming from a life of womanizing. Coming from a life of girlfriends every week. Or when I break up, I have one next week. Coming for the world over the world. You don't think it's very hard to be in a 1,400 square foot house with a woman who loves you? And cares for you? And she not saved? And you trying... And regardless if mama and papa are not there and all those other people are not there, pastor are not there, and pastor asks you to make a commitment. Felix, make a commitment now. Do not do those stuff until you get married. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know. But it was in that that God showed me that even though we're wrong, God still shows us his love. And even though we're full of mess, that doesn't stop him loving us. And when I woke up to the fact that God, for my sake and for the sake of what you want to do through me, let me be transparent. Wash me in your blood. Give me your grace. Help me in my weaknesses oh God. Let me overcome this. Boom. Since then, my mom has become a Christian. And they're all, they, they all enjoying the life of Christ. Since then, friends, and I have people who email me on Facebook. You know, they don't they didn't even go to my church. They didn't, even, they didn't even know, you know, but any little thing that's wrong in their life, they send me a message. Because why, guys? Because they're looking for hope. They want to give up those things. They just need you and me to be available. Check this out now. The last example. How many of you guys ever played that book or read that book, Where is Waldo? Event You guys bought it for your kids. or As kids, we probably watched it and and played it or whatever. Now, where is Waldo? And Waldo normally has, like, you know, he'll dress up in similar clothes. And he'll wear a certain belt or a red. And he'll have a hat on. And they put a big picture of the real Waldo that they're looking for. And then in the midst of all these different Waldos, in the midst of all these different things, you got to find the real one. But guys, check this out. The world is full of religions and ways of life and philosophies of quote-unquote great leaders. And God has sent His Son. And He says, this is the true Savior. Here's Him on the page. In the midst of Buddha, in the midst of Hindu, in the midst of all these other religions, in the midst of all these other beliefs and secular humanism and all that different stuff. In the midst of all of that, I want you to find Him. And guess what? People are looking for Him. And let our life reflect Jesus so that when they're looking for Him, they'll find Him. They'll find Him in you and me. They'll find us so that we, that we will shine and let our light, so the Bible says, and let our light so shine that people will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. They should never be looking for Jesus. We should always be there. Guys, I want to challenge you today. That no matter how much head knowledge you have of God, no matter how much seminary degree we have and all that different stuff, if the fruit that we produce producing does not look like Christ, it doesn't make any sense. If only Bible verse you know is, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, then meditate on that and allow that love to be manifested in you. If the only Bible verse you know is that we must trust in the Lord with all our heart, lead not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge Him, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, He will make our paths straight, then dwell on that. And activate that faith inside of you. And walk in that. Because God is looking for people that would allow Him to transform their lives. So that in return, He could transform this world. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You Lord for this Word. We thank You for encouragement from Your Word, Lord. You said that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God and Lord I pray that in this church oh God and the believers that you have planted here and people who are thinking about making that commitment Lord may something I said that you've encouraged me to say Lord in your spirit oh God I know that your spirit is working in the background touching their lives encouraging them Lord may they be drawn to you today Father God we come clean Father God we thank you that we serve a God that's not going to tell our secrets to no one Father God that Lord we can come clean with you and say Lord we're filthy at times Lord we need renewing we need strength and Lord we don't want to go into to 2011 no other way lord god no other day father god without experiencing the power of your resurrection in our lives oh god we pray that every dead thing in this church and a dead thing in this people that attend this church or people that are connected to this ministry will arise father god and the lord you would supernaturally step in in relationships you supernaturally step in in situations that has deemed impossible and show them father god your power Father God, I pray, according to your word, it says that you have came to set the captives free, Lord God. And you said that you have given us power over sin, Father God. And you have defeated sin. You have defeated this world, Father God, and all is in it, Father God. You rose from the grave, Father God. And we thank you for that. Now, Lord, whatever we are enslaved to ideas or actions, Father God, that does not glorify you in our lives, Father God. May we see, Father God, that by faith, your Son has the ability and is willing to transform us. And today, Lord God, we remove every stumbling block in our lives. And we thank you for the victory in our friends at work. We thank you for the victory in the families, oh God. That you are challenging us to pray and encourage and be a light for them, Father God. Those that, the Bible says, those that in darkness have seen a great light, Lord. May those who are in darkness in this little island, Father God, that you have given us an ability to influence, Lord God. See that light in us and be drawn and be transformed by your grace, by your power, oh God. By your spirit, by your love. We give you thanks, Lord. And we praise your name. And we thank you for the victory. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you for those testimonies that will come forth from your spirit doing the work in us. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Amen. You guys are good sport.